The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hi, thank you uh, for listening to UFC Unfiltered. Matt Sarah calls in this week because uh, he had something happen where he couldn't come in. John Anik is on the phone, and we do the picks from last week uh, for the fights, and uh, it's a bloodbath. Shaws are dropped throughout this arena. Nobody is sitting down. Chasing that finish. Elbows raining down. Oh! On the button. Are you kidding me? Oh, he hurt him again. He's out. This is UFC Unfiltered. And now, your hosts, Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. Well, it's only half right. Um, it's Jim Norton and Chris, the producer. Now, a little secret. I know a lot of people like to think that UFC Unfiltered goes out live. But it's a podcast. We tape it the day before. Yeah. So, you're hearing this on a Tuesday but Monday is when we tape it, and we got a text from Matt because you know there was a an almost terrorist attack in the city today. I, I was, you know, completely unaffected. Just you know, on the Sixth Avenue and some traffic and fire trucks, and I'm like, oh, something's happening. Right. And then I get this is what a self centered ass I am. I got to my radio job, and I heard that it was a terrorist attack. And my first thought is, oh, good, they know I was not lying about being in traffic. Like that's my first <laughs> thought that it validated me being late. Yeah. Luckily, no one was killed and only that one asshole. How embarrassing. You're going to blow people up and then you blow yourself up and you live. What yeah, a douche. Satisfying. Satisfying. It's very happens, satisfying. Yeah. So anyway, Matt, because uh, that happened in Times Square at um, Port Authority, which is, you know, for anyone who's not from New York, that's where the, you know, the ball drops and that's, you know, a lot of stuff happens there. By the way, when you're a host and you're explaining what Times Square is, you should shut up. Everyone uh. knows, Jim. So Matt... I think because they're having a lot of trains bypassing um, Times Square. Matt texted this morning, so I can't make it in. I guess the trains are all screwed up. And, you know, I would love to have suggested Grand Central on a cab. Uh, would have been here in plenty of time. But they might be doing that to all major hubs in New York, which would be Grand Central, Penn Station, Times Square, uh, the Port Authority. So who knows? Yeah, you know. he was worried about it. He's uh, you know, he's a sweet boy, Matt. I think he when he comes into the city, he he knows what way to go, but then he doesn't like to deviate from that too much. So, if, yeah, you know. I got to go see Jimmy Norton. <laughs> he's a little lost. Yeah. He's a sweet kid. We're going to call Matt in just a minute. And now uh, we also have John Anik calling in, who uh, I like very much. He's a, a tremendous. He's becoming a bigger and bigger name. I'm glad we got him uh doing our intro. And oh, now yeah. being up, yeah, he's really uh, gaining a lot of steam, especially since Brian Stan left and, of course, Mike Goldberg left. Um, you know, two very big name announcers. And Rogan 
is there, but he does less. He does the main the main fights. Uh, he's still the best in the business, I think. But you have Brian, you have uh, John Anik now, and you also have Daniel Cormier, who I think is killer. Dominic Cruz is phenomenal. Absolutely, yeah. But these guys are fighters, and Cormier is fighting uh, 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 um, Uzdemir. Oh. That oh. that's gonna be a dud. Yeah. Uh, can't wait to see that. Of course, kidding. Um, when is that fight? That's January twentieth in Boston. Is that the same? Yeah. Wait, whoa, ahead. whoa. Yeah, go ahead. Put it together. Yeah. That's a fucking. That's the Nganu Miocic fight. Mm-hmm. That's yep. the same card in Boston. Yes. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable. Right. Oh my god, I'd love to go there. Go. I bet you could. No, I can't. Why? Do you see my calendar? Oh no. Go to jimnorton.com. Look where I am. No offense to this location, but anybody that thinks I don't like my fans, look where I am. <laughs> are, you as, are you as far away from Boston as possible? Let's I see. literally am doing a gig that night. Oh. I, I'm not January sure. 20, oh, yeah. You're in Lawrence, Kansas. At yeah. Liberty Hall. I'm in Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah. So if I catch a cold the 19th and fly directly to Boston, you'll know what happened. Man. I'm missing Cormier Uzdemir. And fucking Ngano Miocic announced. Uh, by the way, Miocic Miocic. Remind me to ask John Anik. Yeah, I actually I have it on the uh, oh. the sheet for us. Yeah, I, I want to know too. This is falling down. All right, let me. Uh, I got. Yeah, you got it. Okay. So we'll talk for a couple of minutes. We'll get Matt on the phone in about five minutes. Yeah, we just wanted to chat for a minute so he didn't feel uh, pressure. I didn't realize what are the fights have been announced for that card. I know we have a couple of announced fights here. We, yeah, uh, I can get that it. fight though. That that that's a weird fight because I love. Nganu so much. Is he 11-1, I believe? Yes. I want to say he's 6-0 in the UFC. He is, that's right. Uh, six straight finishes, first-round finishes, knockouts. Yeah, I think he's only the fourth person ever to do that. Yeah. yeah. And he's fighting heavyweights, so he's fighting guys that can knock you out with one punch. I mean, to me, the most impressive is Curtis Blades, a good fighter, and uh, what he did to Overeem was devastating. But again, Miocic is a different animal. He's a different fucking guy. Um you know, not that Overeem is not deadly, but Overeem's been knocked out a few times. And they say once you push that button, it's a little easier. I mean, that, that punch would have knocked anybody out. Oh, absolutely. That uppercut yeah. would have knocked Miocic out. That would have knocked out fucking Jones or any, you know, might right. just go to lower weights. That would have yeah. knocked out Demetrius Johnson. That would Cub Swanson. You know, <laughs> just naming lighter weights. No, but you know what? But that is a good point, though, even about John Jones, because there was a lot of talk about him potentially going up to heavyweight. heavyweight. He wanted to fight Brock. Like, that's, the, that's who you'd have to fight. Well, Jones talked about fighting... Not someone particularly heavy. And then he mentioned Brock. Like, you right. couldn't have called out a bigger fuck yeah. than Brock. Uh, and Ganu, I don't see Jones ever wanting to fight Ganu if he went to heavyweight. Although Jones is such a skilled fighter. He's such a... His leg kicks are so devastating. He has a... What's, it, what's his reach? Is it 86? Um, I can look. Yeah, I think it is somewhere. So he would have the reach yeah. advantage over Ganu. But Ngannou, I think, would be willing to take a Jones punch to get in there and deliver something. Oh, 100%. But well, again, John, yeah, John has never had that one-punch knockout power. Not that he's not phenomenal and he has, he's sure. knocked people out, but Ngannou truly has that. Yeah, but um, yeah, Jones would hopefully not stand there and trade. He's got 84 and a half inch reach. Okay, so, uh, so that's an inch and a half. It's not as much as I thought. Right. And what is uh, Miocic's record? 15 and 2? I just guess. Uh, it's a fair guess. It's, it's, it's in there. It's either 15 or 16 and 2. Yeah, let me check. Uh, he is 17 and 2. 17. Who's he lost to? He lost to JDS and who else? Which he avenged. Yeah, he got the decision, lost to JDS, and he has a knockout. Stefan Struve actually uh, caught him, but that was early on. And it was like well, his fourth fight. Um, 2011 or something? 2012, yeah. Okay. 
I just yell out years or something. <laughs> Whenever you say or something, that means you like you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it could be any time. So and so or something. So I mean, you know, he's been knocked out before, but he does not have a history of being knocked out. No. So um, you know, that'll be a very that's a hard one to call because I like both guys so much. I mean, I've interviewed Stepe Moore. I know him, right? So I have a personal attachment to him. I really like him. Uh, but I like Ngannou's story, and we've talked to him, and he's a really lovely guy. So it's kind of hard to pick. Oh, I mean, it's the foot speed of Stipe, his hand speed. He's a great, great boxer. Great boxer, yes. You know, but again, like you said, who can really take that Ngannou shot? I mean, if you get caught with that, you're, it's probably going to put you out. Yeah, but has Ngannou, and again, we said this about, there was no time for it to happen. Mm-hmm. That's one thing about Ngannou is he makes uh, he likes to take care of things. He's not a big second round guy. No. <laughs> he, he, he's not a big let's go to the judges scorecard guy. No. He likes to knock you the fuck out fast, and he's good at it. And when he lands, you you feel it. Uh, Curtis Blade took a few of his shots, though. I remember that for Curtis Blade took some shots, but but he really uh, when he catches you, you're you're finished. So, but he's never been hit as hard as Stipe will hit him either. I, right. I don't think he's been ever fought a guy. A guy said the same thing to Overeem when he was in, and again, but you know, tie clinching in the knees, but it didn't get a chance to happen. Right. Overeem just kind of like I, I don't know what he was doing at that moment. It, it was very surprising to me, and I think you can almost see that Overeem is maybe a little surprised by it when 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 Ngannou had him up against the fence. They're similar size guys, but it just seemed like Ngannou was it was a like a seventeen pound difference in weight. Yeah, I mean he was just so much bigger. I mean it's probably shocking when when you you feel how strong that guy is because he obviously is. And when you looked at him, I'm telling you when I and I've seen the Overeem. We told me he had like the fucking movie villain bad guy James Bond mm-hmm. bad guy face. And when Ngannou did that weird thing where he just put his arms up like a bear, he's a monster. Yeah. yeah. He, he, no matter how tough you are, you know you're fighting a guy that A, can box, and B, hits like a fucking freight train and is that much bigger than you. Right. And, and he just, over, that's got to be a frightening, oh, and outweighs course. you. Yeah, well, and that's what Ngannou said, like, uh, you know, afterwards, they, they asked him about it, and he's like, well, you know, I just wanted to let him know. Like, you know, give, give put a little fear into him. And I, it, it worked have, right? he, because he did look uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Overeem look shaken. He'll probably say he was not shaken. But, I, you know, look, I saw that he looked a little bit. Now, what is Stipe's weight? And I think he has a three inch advantage over Stipe. He has an 80 inch reach. Which yeah, we Stipe spoke has about an 80 inch reach. And, and, exactly. And what is his uh, his weight? I'm going to guess 235. Well, he's listed here at 246, but you never know. You know, he, he might try to put on a little weight sure. to fight Ngana, or he might go the other way and he'd try to be a little bit lighter Faster, to, to no stay way. away from him. Yeah. No, I don't think when you're fighting Ngana, you lose weight. No, I don't think that's right. the philosophy. You just can't. You got to have a little bit more because you can't avoid him for three rounds or five rounds. You're not, you're not going to be able to avoid Francis Ngana for, for five rounds because right. he boxes fairly well. Again, he's not. Uh, you know, I, I don't think he's Stipe as a boxer. Right. Well, and I'll, I'll say this. I mean, not to take, obviously, anything away from Francis. He looked t- tremendous in that fight. His foot speed, I would say, it wasn't as smooth as a guy that you've seen box for many years. Like you said, like Stipe or, you know, right. any of these guys that have had that type of experience. But again, he makes up for it with the power advantage. And, you know, it's a really amazing fight. He does. And uh, last thing, just before we get Matt on the phone, and this will tie in with our discussion with Matt, um, Robert Whitaker has now been declared the champion yes. of the middleweight division. A great fighter, and, and deservedly so. And you gotta love George St. Pierre. I mean, this guy—he vacated the title, as everybody knows. And uh, you know, he, they elevated Whitaker simply because uh, they said that uh, GSP had uh, ulcerated colitis. Is that it? Yeah, ulcerative. Ulcerative. Sorry. Yeah. Out of respect to the athletes in the sport, I don't want to hold up the division. I'm going to give up my belt, and once I'm healthy, I look forward to working with the UFC to determine uh, who's next in the career. And Whitaker has been elevated to uh, the champion, like we said. He's defending against Luke Rockhold at 221. 
That's uh, February the 10th. I'm surprised they didn't throw that one on fucking January 20th. Too. <laughs> yeah, why not? Any other ones? Is Connor fighting January 20th? I yeah. can't go to. Uh, and Dana White, interesting take on GSP. I wish we had Dana on the phone. He goes, I thought it would be, I'd be super pissed, but I'm not. I expected it. Look, I had him sign a contract, and he said he would defend against Whitaker for a reason. But I knew he wouldn't. Huh, interesting. Yeah. And this is according to Dana. GSP said he doesn't want to fight anybody at welterweight. That's why he fought Bisping. He didn't want Woodley. He didn't want to fight Wonderboy. He wanted to fight Bisping, and he did. Now he's off against the list. I'm not shocked. I'm not mad. It is what it is. That's not the reaction I would have expected from Dana. So Dana maybe thinks that GSP was going to step aside anyway. Yeah, well, that's what he was saying with that one. Like, he had him sign a contract that said he would defend against Whitaker, and the reason why they did that is because he kind of figured that GSP wasn't going to. And, you know, GSP's colitis, he's speculating and everybody's saying it's because he had to put on so much weight to fight Bisping, so it's just not sustainable. Will that give you colitis? Because he was forcing himself to eat much more than he normally does, and it kind of changed his whole body, you know. So Whitaker, Luke Rockhold, uh, what will Rockhold's number three, a very uh, decisive victory against David Branch. People weren't sure exactly what was going to happen in that fight in Pittsburgh. So, you know, that'll be a very interesting fight. Oh, for sure. Well, because Rockhold, I mean, not that Romero isn't, but Romero's a shorter guy. Rockhold's a true middleweight. I mean, that's a big boy against Whitaker. So, you know, it's a good test. Whitaker is a devastating, devastating fighter. So I'm looking forward to that fight a lot. UFC 221, that's from Perth, Australia. Very, very smart place to put it. Yep. Uh, Rockhold will have to go there and adjust. What is that, a 200-hour flight? Yeah. I flew fucking, uh, what's that, the, the, the koala bear on it or whatever, that stupid... Oh, uh, Qantas. Oh, yeah, yeah, a yeah. Dumb, uh, what is that thing that hops a, a fucking kangaroo? No Wi-Fi. <laughs> what, what is that thing that hops? Yeah. yeah. No Wi-Fi on a 15-hour flight. I, I was so angry. And the stupid flight attendant goes, oh, you know, if you're a businessman, you want to take a break from the emails. I go, is that what they tell you, how to spin it? Right, well, to take a break. I mean, shit, 15 hours or whatever. That's that not what a break. They tell that's you? taking a day off. Uh, yeah. The businessman doesn't need to... Yeah, because that's what a businessman wants, to be away from his computer for 15 hours. No. What a horrible, horrible excuse. That's like if you get caught cheating on your wife. She's like, you had sex with my sister. I go, yeah, but now you're not burdened. <laughs> right, it's not... Uh, Give you a break. Not a perk. No, it's a terrible, terrible excuse. Maybe we should get mad on the phone. We have uh, John Annick a little late. I don't know what John Annick's doing that he can't call now. Uh, apparently he thinks that his podcast is more important. I he tend said he to didn't disagree. want to talk to you. You know, I don't blame him. Nobody does. But um, we'll get Matt on the phone. Matt Sarah taking a day off. I'm going to give him the business about not going into Grand Central. But you're right. I think Matt's a sweet boy. Yeah. And Matt had a you know tough night, obviously with Aljo. I didn't want to speak about that until we get Matt on the phone. Support for UFC Unfiltered comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. They understand that home plays a big role in your life and family. That's why they created Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. It's simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or 10th, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. It's convenient. Our trusted partners allow you to share your financial information with Rocket Mortgage at touch of a button. And in addition to getting a real mortgage approval in minutes, you can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you're getting the right solution for you. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash unfiltered. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLS. Consumeraccess.org. Number 33. Do we have Matt Serra on the phone, former welterweight champion? Hi. What's up, buddy? Hi, Jimmy. How are you? So listen to me. These damn terrorists, it ain't my fault. 
No, I, I know. No, I know. Well, I mean, you normally... Co- world, no? Did you talk about that? Did you we, say we, why I played hooky? Yeah, we mentioned it. And I also pointed out that, you know, I don't know why you didn't go into Grand Central and just take a cab. But, you know, you were being careful. And I respect that. Listen, if there, from what I'm seeing on the news, you can, I don't know how you even got uptown. How I just hopped on the subway perfectly on time. Zipped right up. <laughs> no, it couldn't have been smoother. Although... <laughs> Going downtown. I know your, your phone's a little bit hollow. Where are you calling from right now? Where, where, where are you, buddy? Could, could you hear me okay? No, it's not a hundred percent. Where are you right now? You on the cell? Yeah, I'm on my cell. You want me to find a landline? No, no. Can we? How about we'll call you back in ten seconds? I want to see if we can just get a better connection because Chris, you can hear right. It's a bit. It's yeah. A bit, yeah. What about what about now? Let me see. I don't know. I'm just driving around like an asshole. Oh, you're driving. No wonder. Let me. No, 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 I was parked. Okay. I thought I had a nice spot. Hold on. I'm kind of like, this is going to get better. I mean, I can clean it up, too, a little bit, but if, you, if we want to try him back, we can Yeah, try we'll try, let's try you back, because I want to hear, hear Matt clearly. Okay. All right. Call me right back. Okay, yep, pal. Right. All right. All right. I hear Matt, Sarah. Hey, Matt. Is that, is that better? It's about the same. I think Chris just didn't want to get you back on, so he's just making it messy. Do I not sound? Do I sound clear, guys? It's okay. It's a little fuzzy, but we can hear you, and that's all that's important. How you doing? All right. How you holding up? Were you in danger this morning? We were concerned about you. You know, I was worried about what's going on in Manhattan, Jimmy. Oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a city person. Oh, this happens all the time. You can't live in fear. It's not even that, Jimmy. It's just that I looked at the, the news. And then every day, no train service. And the lady of news is, if you ever had to take a day off, today's the day off because you can't go in there. So I'm like, what am I going to do? Understandable. I mean, we're just happy you're okay. Uh, we're just happy Thank that you. you're fine. But yeah, we Thank don't. You, you never so know much. how the other ones are going to be affected. I have to go south after the podcast because I'm catching a flight tonight. I'm going to Dublin. By the way, the people in uh, London, one show sold out, second one is almost sold out, and, and selling well in Manchester. I'm guessing a lot of them are UFC Unfiltered fans, so thank you. Dublin tomorrow night. Uh, oh, no, tonight, oh, actually. Look at you. No, wow. Wednesday night, tomorrow night. So check it out in oh. Dublin. Uh, not as many Dublin fans as there are um, fans in London. But anyway, Matt, um, you, yes. know, you were Welcome. in Fresno. We have not touched on the fights, despite Chris wanting to discuss them the second I sat down. <clears throat> before, yeah. I, before I do, before we talk about the fights... GSP, uh, of course, has uh, vacated the title due to his uh, ulcerative colitis. So you are still the last person to beat GSP. Not that that matters to you. No, no. I mean, listen, I, I, I thought that George, I mean, I didn't know about this whole colitis thing, but uh, I thought George would, um, that definitely changes things, but uh, I thought he would stick around and at least fight Whitaker because, you know, I, don't, I knew he wouldn't be fighting like the Chris Weidmans and the... Uh, Yo, Romero's of the world. But I thought he would fight Whitaker because Whitaker is a, he did fight a welterweight before, so he's a smaller middleweight. And style-wise, I thought that'd be the best. I mean, you know, he has a, that, that's a good fight. And I thought he would take that. But, uh, you know, I mean, he's got to listen to his health. I don't know. You know? Yeah, I mean, if it's something that's bothering Dana seemed annoyed, though, because Dana, in his statement, was talking about GSP <clears throat> only wanted to fight Bisping, did not want Wonder Boy, did not want Woodley. Did not want or had signed to defend against Whitaker, but apparently Dana knew he wouldn't. So Dana's uh, response seems slightly testy and unhappy. But let's see, what is he going to do? Uh, I mean, that was such a great night for GSP, and that was just such a great night. No, and, and what a fucking animal! Fucking what Bisping's just an animal. 
he lost, but he's you know just no tapping. No, no, no. He's not in that uh, quick tap club or any tap club. He just he goes out like a champ. So, uh, but, uh, did you see the? What did you think of the fight? I did not see all of them because of my travel schedule. But you, yeah, you. I know you had a bit of a rough night, dude. Uh, how how you feeling? Yeah, let's start with Marabs. I'm sorry, I don't want you're the interviewer. No, that's okay. <laughs> We're having a conversation. Frankie signs uh, against Marab. I did not see uh, the fight. Oh, I know it was oh, a very Frankie, close fight. I mean, Jimmy, close fight my ass. Close fight. That's what Chris said. Uh, Chris, how is that a close fight? Well, uh, why? What are you saying? You... You... What? Go... I don't know. I thought fucking... I thought it was a... Listen, I never count my chickens before they fucking come out of their fucking little shell. But you got to be kidding me. I mean, I... He took Marab took him down eleven times. Oh yeah, he out he outstruck him. Mm. I don't know what the other guy. And I like listen that guy Frankie. What a nice guy. Him and his team were very. I mean, they, I mean everybody knew what happened there. I don't use the word robbery often. Okay, but he got fucking. He got Marab. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I thought Marab. I mean, Marab to me seemed more active. I, th- I guess maybe Frankie landed a little bit more on the feet, so maybe that's what they were. Well, I don't know. But I would love to see those numbers, the significant strikes compared to. I don't think he landed shit. I don't like Chris. I don't, struck him. I don't like Chris yeah, siding against your guy, Matt. That bothers me. <laughs> yeah, you know. No, Chris did say it was a really close fight. He said it was a great fight. He goes, Man, I, I did not think it was close. I heard one of the commentators said it was close. I don't know what the hell he or said. Nobody should complain about this. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. But, uh, I mean, listen, they're like, oh, well, he didn't do much with the takedowns. Listen, that guy, what is he, a Division One wrestler? Yeah. I mean, and it's hard to you got to, before you do anything with the guy, you got to keep him down. So he's looking to work him. He's looking to control him, and, and he's not sitting there holding him. He's looking to take him down and get position. The other guy's looking to use the wall to get the cage to get back up. I mean, but, and he got him down again. He, he was relentless. And that's all but coming off the goddamn flu a, a, a 10 days ago. Oh, wow. Which I did. I mean, nobody likes to say that shit, but it is what it is. Sure. His lungs, anybody with that pace, I think would be exhausted. But the fact that he fought as hard as he did was, was amazing. And I, and, and, and listen, I'm very honest to my guys. I knew he won those first two rounds. So I'm like, listen, that last round, as long as he doesn't get caught with anything, he's fucking... I am going to tell him, five more minutes, you got your victory, dude. Yeah, right. Like, and then Anthony was over. I'm in the corner with him, and uh, he's tired. You know, he's feeling his lungs for sure. Even backstage, he, was, he said he couldn't... He wanted to lay down, and all his, his, his insides were hurting. But uh, so I'm talking to him, I go, Marab, just... I didn't even think it, go see what's up. I go, because I would never get my guy's hopes up. I go, Marab, you did it. You got your first victory. Like, I'm already, like... And I, and I never do that, but I right. thought it was just so obvious. Were you that he su- won that fight, Matt? Were you surprised? Sure, Shelby came up to me. Everybody. I mean, go ahead. And as a fighter, when you know there's going to be a split decision, like you fight, right? And at the end, normally when they go judge, like when you first hear the word judge, oh. you know it's a split yeah. decision. Yeah, that's got to be very nerve wracking. Once I, well, I thought it was clear cut, but then once I heard the judges giving it to each, I saw, I immediately, you immediately get worried. Because I'm like, yo, one guy could give that to, to the other guy. Sure. I'm like, I'm like, then, then who knows? There might be two morons in the building. So I'm like, so then when they did that, I was just, I mean, you know, you don't want to be like a sore loser, but you really didn't feel like you lost. You know, your guy gave 100 of his He took that guy down fucking 11 times. Yeah. And, he, and it's not like he wasn't striking on that. I mean, he did that. I don't know. What do you, well, I don't here, know I that. just, I was going to say, Matt, I got the, uh, I got the stats up. I agree with you. I mean, I think Marab looked really good and especially I, I thought before the fight even started I was I was a little worried for him because I was like man he is 
pumped up, but he still right. was able to, to to keep a great yeah. pace throughout. Um, it, Frankie Signs landed fifty eight significant strikes to Marab's forty seven, but yeah, Marab but outlanded that, that, him one hundred and four to sixty six. So, oh, so Marab outlanded him. So who's say what's the significant strike? Well, sure. Who's saying that? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Well, what did uh, Cormier that? say? Oh, Cormier said, like, "Hold on, I'm sorry." Yeah. So Murad outlanded him 100 and something to like 60. 104, 66. But the other guy landed the better strikes. That's what they're saying. Yeah, and he landed a higher percentage. Uh, Frankie Signs landed 55 percent of his significant strikes versus Murad threw more, but he only landed like 39 percent. And I'm just giving you the stats. I'm not arguing in I favor mean, of that's it. So, that, that's so moronic. Those stats, though. Yeah. Whoever made those stats, the other guy's putting all that output on. And fucking, he's so. And then they say, "Well, he landed a percentage. He threw a lot less, but and they were better for how are they significant shots? He got cut because of a headbutt. That's that's what they're thinking. I don't right. Well, he actually got butted twice, right? So I mean, maybe that did play a factor in the yeah, yeah. But but that didn't slow him down, and he had just cut him up. But I mean, but in the judge's mind, they see the one guy bleeding, and the other guy. You know what I mean? These judges are such idiots. Holy yeah, shit. that's got to be and very frustrating. That, and I know even Paul Felder said that about, oh, somebody said that he said, and I spoke to him a little bit when I was out there, and, he was, and I heard he said something like, oh, neither guy should complain about this decision. Bullshit. Yes, they should. What are you talking about? Even though Marab does it. Marab is such a great guy. <laughs> He's just like, I will get better, and I will. And Marab's just an upbeat dude. But and- uh, I, thought, I thought he got fucked, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely understand. And let me ask you this. Frank Trigg was refing the match. I, I thought, I was saying to Jim before the show, um, I felt like the, he set the tone for the night that the refs were kind of rushing people when they were trying to work things yes. on the ground or up yeah. against the fence. How would you feel about that? And obviously you have a history with Frank Trigg. So. Well, I was happy I looked better than a guy. The guy's busting out of both ends. <laughs> His belly, his ass, he's got a beard. Hey, what's up, Frank? Anyway. Did um, you guys say hello? I, yeah, I said hello to him backstage. I told him if he's in, if he's in New York, we'll have him in studio. Okay. That could always be fun. Yeah, because you never know. We might, he might just get all fucking retarded. <laughs> yes, I said it. I like Frank. I like, I like Frank. And when I see him, we have pleasant, like, we, we have pleasant little uh, conversations. Okay. But you don't low, I don't lower my sword with that guy because you never know where he could be. It actually was a moron again. So, but he's been so nice. Well, I had a nice conversation with him backstage. Oh, yeah, you know. But, you know, I told him, right? oh, Frank seems all right. He's like, yeah, remember the last time you said that? I go, yeah, and he always zings something stupid in. But he's all right, Frank. What did you think of the refing, Matt? Because I saw, the, I don't know that there was a, there was a, black, oh. a black ref whose name I don't remember. But I, I noticed that all he's doing, and he did it during the Swanson fight, Cub gets hit a couple times, and the guy's going, you got to fight back. And get, I'm like, leave. The, what the fuck are you doing telling Cub Swanson how to fight because he gets hit a couple times? Who the fuck's... Well, I, I, you know what? Uh, did you notice I, that, Chris? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I thought, again, I thought the whole night, I thought the refs were... Impa- like un- uncharacteristically impatient. You don't tell a guy who's standing up you got to fight back if he gets hit a couple times. Fight right. back. Well, he hits no, once. No, there's a couple of right. there's a couple of standups that were ridiculous. Yeah, you know that that uh, I forgot the ref was a ref I didn't know before, seen before, but uh, there was a couple of times when the guy's like advancing a position and he's about to get mount on the and the guy stops him. I'm like, what are you? Oh, boo this man. What do you think I that is? Like that. Is that a lack of jujitsu knowledge? It's it just. I think it's a lack of experience all around. I mean, I mean, if it's a lack of jujitsu knowledge, they shouldn't be in there anyway. I, I mean, agree. The gotta, you have to, you know, time to work on the floor. I mean, jeez, you know. But uh, and then guys telling the guy to 
I mean, that goes back from like a couple of weeks ago with uh, Herb going last week with Herb Dean and saying, uh, uh, you know, hey, you know, he, he, went to the, he threatened to take the point away about, uh, oh, <laughs> listen, I'm not about to switch again. I just remember taking the point away. What about Jason Knight biting the guy's finger? Yeah, that was, but the ref didn't even see it, did he? Did he see it or just the guy's reaction no, to it? the guy went, ah, the guy screamed and they thought like maybe something happened to his finger. So oh. They can't stop that because the guy hurt his finger in the little... So then they're like, oh, maybe it's a small joint. And then it ended up being that he, he fucking bit the guy. And you could see it. He apologized too. Jason Knight waved. Um, yeah. I like that kid. That kid is hysterical. Him and his, his brother, I think, is one of his trainers. Big heavy guy. Fuck it. They were in the locker room with us. Oh, they're from Mississippi. And holy shit. They did a, they did a, a remake of that Deliverance. These guys are hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jimmy, they're funny. They are straight up. Man, that is the way they talk and everything is just so funny. But I like that kid. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that was right after Aljo, so I didn't really get to see too much. Well, that was... And then then, then we Ubered the fuck out of there because we were so depressed. Yeah. Well, let's say... Aljo had to go to the hospital. Go ahead. No, no, no. Say about the the, uh, Benitez fight, he really, uh, I thought... He outfought. He frustrated Jason Knight a lot. I've never seen Jason Knight that like look like that uncomfortable lunging. He just really, really looked like uh, he had no idea how to figure out Gabriel Benitez. Yeah, I got a again. I, I, I hate to not comment on it, but I seen I saw the biting thing, and then I got the fuck out. So it was right after Aljo's fight. Sure. So I was like, I got to see it again to even comment on that. But. uh yeah, it was you just know, tough, man. He was he was just off, you know, yeah. like for whatever it was, whether it was what Benitez was doing or or whether it was just an off night for uh, Benitez a lefty. Yes, maybe he's having a hard time with that. I don't, yeah, I don't maybe. know what his record of South Boys is. Yeah. Uh, so how is Aljo? Of course, I thought of you immediately. Uh, I thought of you a couple of times last night, but I, uh, Aljo is uh, obviously the fight. When that happens, you know, he gets caught with a knee. Uh, is that harder to take or easier to take because you know that anybody could get caught like that and just there's nothing, you know, it happens. Well, let's say if that happened, like that happened, like with a minute and change into the fight, right? It's always like that. It's, it's as far as it's way better than just, it's just getting caught like that because that could happen to anybody. That's true. But let's say if Marlon Ford, you know, that went three rounds and Aljo's getting his ass handed to him and then gets laid out, that's a lot worse. Yes. So he didn't get outclassed. He got caught. Now, if it went longer, that that's the guessing game. So, I mean, what I tell Aljo is don't overthink this shit because it can really, really screw with you. Oh, what if I don't have a chin? Oh, what if, you know, what if I only did this? What if I only did that? No, it's in the past. It happened. Let's see why that happened, what we didn't read, what we misread. And then let's move on. Don't overthink. You can't overthink things because you're not going to trust in your chin. You're not going to trust in your instincts. You just got to, we got to move on from this and, uh, and uh, you know, watch the tape, see what's up. And he actually shot right into it. Marlon is a stud. Uh, I mean, you know, guys, listen, we knew it was going to be a very hard fight. Originally, he was going to fight Yanni Yaya. Yeah. That's a totally different fight. Totally different fight. And it would pose totally different problems. So this is a very, a very big difference, in, like, stylistically, that yep. we had to change. But Aljo still wanted to take the fight, to his credit. He's like, no, nah, man, I'm whatever, anybody, type of thing. So, uh... You know, and then that's that's it, man. So it's like, and I love that camp. I, you know, Mark Henry, Frank yep. Edgar, uh, you know, those guys are, uh, you know, very very close with them. So it's a shitty situation all around, you know. Of course, you know, and that kid's a great guy, though. Got to give a lot of credit to him. And I like how honest Marlon was when he said, to be honest, I saw his post fight thing. I went to kick him in the head, 
and he came down into my knee, like yeah. he shot into my knee. So, you know, he was uh, he looked phenomenal, and uh, I, again, I wish we got a little got a little bit more out of that. But believe me, Aljo will regroup, sure, and uh, he will be back in there just like my Georgian uh, machine, Marab. Um, so the, the, these guys' best fights, I'm very confident to say that their best fights are yet to come, and. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll bounce back from this. Well, you know, Matt, it's funny. During during the uh, one of the announcers said, I, I don't know who it was, it was Paul Felder. Who else, they said something about it, it looked like it was about. It, it looked like it was going to be a switch kick, almost implying that uh, Maurice uh, uh, kind of faked it. But I'm glad. It's glad to see him being honest. Saying Aldo just went down. And as far as not having a chin, like this was not some fucking fadeaway jab. This was a knee driven into the side of his. Like th- there's not many people, if anyone, taking that without going down. No, listen. Any but the right, nobody's punch proof and uh, or knee proof or spitting back fist proof. You know what I mean? True. So it's like you know anybody gets hit with that shot. You know they're, they're, they're taking it. But I told Al Jung, look now you've now and you're you're gonna have to deal with it. It's gonna be coming more in waves with the uh, the haters and the trolls. Now you now you dealt with you have to deal with the worst that this game has to offer. You know what I mean? In other words. This is as bad as it gets when you get laid out like that, and now you're going to see clips of it, and it's going to hurt when you see it. And you're going to, you're going to let it hurt, and you're going to deal sure. with it, and you're going to move on because that's what this game is. You know what you sign up for. It could be the best, the most glorious, the highs of the highs, the lows of the lows, and it could be the most glorious night of your life, or it could be a night that, you know, wish would have went very differently. But uh, either way, he's in there, you know, and he's the guy in there, and he gets that. So it's kind of freeing in a way. You know, I told him it's free. Look, man, this is it. I started my career as a highlight. Getting, you know what I mean? Sure. And it gives you, it gives you a kind of freeing feeling. Like, all right, that's it. That's the only thing. Things fade to black. Okay. Now, now it's his job. Now, the best thing to do with that is to uh, kick somebody's ass. To be honest with you. So, I mean, I can't wait for Aljo. Is healthy. He's good. You know, we've seen him that night. We've seen him the next morning, and. uh you know, that's the most important thing. He'll be back. Did, now, when, when he gets knocked out like that, it was so... Because you could see... And again, credit to Marlon. Marais did not go down and hit him again. He saw that he was... He, he, like, he almost stiffened up midair. He was out from the second he got hit. So when that happens, did he know what happened? Or did, when he comes through, do they have to tell him, hey, dude, you got knocked out? Or does he does he remember it? Yeah, no, like, he's seen it. Like, yeah, I told him about that. He said that... Uh, he goes, no, he goes... He, I, he said he's seen it. He's seen, like, the kick at the last second. And then that's all he wrote. That's it. You know what I mean? And then that's all she wrote, you know? And then he was out. So, you know, I mean, look, so he took a bad shot, you know? And uh, anybody, you know, you dive into that. Sure. That, that, that's a problem. It's like Weidman. Same thing. You know, you, you're going in yeah, one way or whatever, and, and fucking a knee takes you out. Hey, man. Let me tell you something. Like I said, a game of inches. When I fought Pete Spratt in uh, season four of The Ultimate Fighter, he did a knee when I shot. Now, dude, I felt the wind. It actually grazed me. An inch, half an inch. I swear I'm decapitated. You got to see that. that he just threw everything into it, which ended up me getting on top of him and beating him. Again, it doesn't come back to that, Jimmy, about me beating him. <laughs> do you, do you think, before. Matt, that might have knocked you out if it hit you, though, right? Oh, oh, if, I, if, I, if you go back and watch that, if that knee would have landed flush, I mean, I got a pretty good chin, but I'm pretty sure I'm I'm, I'm out. Your whole life would be different. Your whole life My might whole be different. Jimmy, and the next fight, with, I got caught with a spinning back fist again, which got me on wobbly legs by Shoney Carter. This whole luck, it's not, you don't want to say luck because you're, you're, you're a trained fighter, but it is a game of inches, man. My career, 
could be very different, sure. both with wins and losses. You know what I mean? Sure. So, yeah, I'm happy to be, I had the career I had. I don't look at the what ifs the other direction. I right. look at the what ifs, hey man, what if Yvette Wins would have stayed on top of me? What if George would have regained his legs on the knee? You know what I mean? I'm, I'm happy. Sure. You must be where you're at. And, uh, you know, knowing that anything could uh, take you out at any time also makes sure you, you got to get that attitude that you can also take somebody else out at any time. So, like I said, it's a freeing feeling in that, in that sense. And that's what Aljo's going to take from this. Sure. I mean, and, and, and another time I thought of you, Matt, of course. During the Please main tell event, me it was during the, not during your off hours when you're whacking off. No, 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 no. I, I do think of you occasionally just to get myself started, because um, you remind me of my flashlight. So uh, <laughs> once in a while, I think of you. <laughs> I want one of those things. I have two of them, dude. I bought one in Chicago, and then I flew home with it. I was like, I, I know they're gonna stop me at TSA with my new flashlight. All right. Oh, 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 wait, Jimmy, listen to me really yes. quick. Sure, buddy. You guys got to go. Dude, uh, really, I don't know how much time I got, but I went through security. Can I tell you about going through security really quick? Yes, you can. Really quick. You're Matt Sarah. Now, guys, listen, we were coming back, and we're at, we had a connection in Salt Lake, right? So we're going through that, that uh, security over there. So I go through first. Now, you know when you go through that little tube thing, you put your arms above your head, and you yes. step out, you wait a second, and sometimes something... Um, Lights up on the screen on your shoulder or your sure. pant leg or something. Yeah. So I said, Jimmy, I go through the thing, and there's this weird-looking Chinese dude, older a little bit, and he's pointing to the screen. He's like, I have to pat you down. And my dick lit up. Just my dick. Uh, why? I swear, like, I had a, like I had a golden cock. And I swear to God. So, I, so I'm like, oh, I go, well. And you know I go commando when I'm not wearing my MeUndies. So <laughs> I go commando. So then so I'm like, all right, he goes, do you want to do the uh, private? Like, like almost like a, I'm like, no, uh, you know, what the fuck? I don't need the champagne room. Just yeah. pat me down. Go on in there. Fish around. So, 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 so listen, I never had this like this before. So this is some serious foreplay going on. The guy goes, sticks his thumb by the crack of my ass. Mm. And he, and he, <laughs> I thought he was going to get a knuckle in there. And sure. he starts going around my waistband. And then he's going up my legs into the mm. crack of my ass each time. Yeah. And then after the young Longo, mind you, is going right after me. He's curious. He's heckling me. And I'm like, Longo's like an old time. He doesn't understand nowadays where you can't. So I'm worried he's going to make like an off-colored comment. Like, he's got a bomb. Like, you know, Longo's crazy. You can't joke <laughs> around like that. No. And he thinks everything's a joke. Like, a Longo, don't make no weird jokes, Longo. He's like, yeah, pat him down. So anyway, so now the guy tells me, after the guy's, basically goosing me, yeah. you know, and, and put his fingers everywhere. So then he's like, now, and it felt like, listen, I, you know those massages where they say there's special massages and they go, now turn over, yep. you know? He goes, <laughs> so he goes to me, now I'm going, that's all this, I thought I was done. He goes, now I'm going to do the front. I go, oh my God, the front. So he did his hand like a paintbrush from my one hip to the other. He yep. got it up high. Cause it's like, yeah. And he, started, he, he scraped it across and then he goes a little lower on top of my zipper. And it scrapes it from left to right. So now he's scraping my dick. A good yeah. I'm doing, and I'm like, yeah, I'm looking at Lago Lago. <laughs> but listen, so then he gets done. I go, hey, but I go, are you listen? And there's two guys that were fans of uh, the podcast and everything. They were uh, working the, uh, the thing that you put your bags through. So they're over there kind of giggling. I go, guys, help me out here. So then I got to get done. It was very, very awkward. I go, I go, you can at least buy me a drink. I go, what's going on? And he's not laughing. I'm like, all right. 
So anyway, so I'm going to get my shit. Now, Longo goes through, Jimmy, right? Yes. Now, listen. Holy shit, common sense, Longo. So Longo's getting patted down by the chest. So he tries to take his dog tags off. I don't know why he's got dog tags on. So then the guy goes, no, 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 don't, don't touch that. So the guy goes to grab the necklace or the dog tags. So Longo goes, oh, let me show you. It's a fucking dagger. It, it, the thing opens up into like a dagger around his neck. He had a, a, he had a dagger necklace. It's dog chains. But it, it opens up into a fucking dagger around his neck. I go, I go, what the fuck is Longo? You can't bring a fucking dagger necklace. He goes, oh, it's a little, it's how many inches. I go, what the fuck? They don't even let you bring liquids in there. What the fuck? Is Was there a? Did they take it? Yeah, they fucking took it. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, oh, this is my favorite necklace with the chain and the thing. I go, he goes, can I put it? He's like, can I? How can I get this back? He goes, oh, you got to put it in your bag. He goes, I check my bag. I go, well, I go, hey, man, I'm not fucking not getting over my kids because you couldn't get your dagger necklace through security. Yeah, sure. You fucking psycho. The hell are you? What is the guy thinking, Christopher Dusa? It's not a good call, probably. No, not to at wear all. a knife around I mean, your neck. Come yeah. on. Yeah. I mean, come on. I had to fucking leave my grenade hat at home because, God forbid, they <laughs> fucking. Tell you that. Jimmy, it was too funny. Jimmy. Yeah, that is a, that's a bad choice. Oh. A dagger necklace is a bad choice. Now, Matt, we, 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 I'll go, go ahead. ahead. So we, I got no, no, the main event. I thought of you during the main event, of course. Um, you know, uh, a beautiful, beautiful bit of jujitsu. I hope you saw it. Now, we're not going to do our little game, are we? I mean, I guess we don't got time for that. I don't know. Oh, we do. Yeah, mean, we have the, I have the pick results, sure. But we can just talk about the fight. Oh, but then did, we could did, do it. did you see it? Okay. Did you, did you see um, the, guillotine, the guillotine choke? Yes. I saw the guillotine. I, I saw, I, like I said, after Alger, I was so depressed. I jumped on the, uh, I jumped right into the, um, the Uber. <laughs> Longo got the fuck out of there and, and whatnot. We saw the press. And uh, so I caught that back at the uh, hotel. And I, I, I got it from the middle of the first round. And then I saw him almost get him at the end of the first round. Yeah. With the doors. And then uh, the second round, he fought. And then it was beautiful, man. I believe I picked third round submission, correct? You know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody taken down that from the standing position like that, that well, or kicked off the fence. Because Cub Swanson looked really good. He gets that arm around the neck, man. He gets that arm around yes. the neck. Yes. Oh, shit. So the your big brother does fight. it. Yeah. It's like I, a big brother grab. Like, the way he grabs it, I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody put it. Maybe I'm sure I've seen it and it didn't register, but I've never seen anybody just grab it that easily to another fighter and take him down. And Swanson looked like he was doing great. A lot of body punching. He seemed like he had, uh, he was he was able to sneak under or, or take his arms and do a lot of damage to the body, kicks to the body. And then at the end of that first round, man, he, he went down. You could tell that really shook him. Yeah, yeah. Cub said yeah. he, after the fight, said that he thought that, that was one of his best performances until it wasn't until he got anymore. caught. But yeah, I mean, right. man, Ortega just, he puts it, he put that darts on so fast from a standing position. Unbelievable. And then yeah. the finish, obviously, as well. He, he looked amazing. And he said, that Cub said he felt like he was going to die. Like, I guess he was really being choked out. That's not easy yeah, to man. choke somebody like that, to hold on right. to it and then readjust the arm uh, while he's being, uh, he's got his legs wrapped around him and he's standing. It's crazy. And what a nice kid. I spent a little time around him. He's very Zen like, very older than he seems. Brian Ortega. Very nice. Kid, uh, again, like like just kind of mellow and, and just a cool guy, man. What a nice guy. Yeah, you know. And uh, uh, I mean, shoot, you can't. You're not like that kid from the way he fights to how humble he is on the uh, mic. But yet he's definitely a gangster in that cage. Oh yeah. Do you think he? 
I mean, obviously, Damian Maya is extremely high level. Fabrizio Verdum. I mean, is this is Brian Ortega kind of entering that conversation of somebody that you look at as one of the best right. jiu-jitsu practitioners in the in in the UFC? Yeah, I mean, you know what's interesting? Like a guy like I was just talking about this with uh, is John Anik calling in or no? Yeah, we got yeah, we we'll ten minutes. Yeah. All right, good, good. I talked to him earlier already, so you guys can. <laughs> I did his show, but listen, uh, I was talking about maybe they brought up Ryan Hall. Ryan Hall should get oh, right. to, and he's in the same weight class. That would be very interesting, you know, to see him match with another high, high level jujitsu guy. Even though they're probably nowhere near each other in the rankings, but right. I'm just saying that's the only guy in that division I'd see that could. Like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he just. So far, he's just been when he gets a a, a, um, a hold of someone's neck, it's 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 uh it's almost like back in the day with Paul Harris and a guy's leg, yeah, he's just taking it off, you know. And, except he's not a prick about it; he lets it go, <laughs> you know. But uh, I can't say enough about that kid. I think he's phenomenal, and he's only twenty six. And uh, again, there's Zen flowing out of that kid when you yeah. talk to him. Yeah, and respectful too. You know, they asked if he thought he yeah. should get a title shot, and he's like, "Look, no, I think Frankie's next." He's like, "I'm willing to wait," or you know, whatever. But he, he you know, he knows he's in the conversation. But he was he he feels that Frankie deserved the next shot, which is respectful. He's a, he's a humble. He's a humble kid. You know, humble yeah. kid. And uh, I really want to see what's next with him. I like that kid a lot. Him against Frankie yeah. is a tremendously interesting fight. Oh yeah, I mean, Frankie. That the answer is a great nickname for him. Because <laughs> yeah. he finds the answer for all these fucking guys. He does. You know what I mean? He really does. So I don't know. I think that would be very good. But again, I mean, look, look, there's a lot of fights to be made. Max Holloway versus Frankie. And then either one of those guys versus Brian Ortega would be an amazing thing. What does so, Ortega's rank? He, he was six, I'm thinking. Did he? I think he was six and Cub was four. Right. So do they just swap now? I mean, I know the rankings probably aren't out yet. But. Yeah, they're not out yet, but I would imagine it's probably going to be something like that. Or, you know, Cub will go to five and he'll go to four. Yeah, but okay. I, I think Ortega will go to four. You guys got to tell me if my phone gives out because I got to... I'm driving. I gotta drive into my. I gotta drive into my school. I gotta go into my school and get something. Okay. And I gotta go pick up my kids from school. I'm not leaving if you don't want me. That's up to you guys. No, no, no. no. We but, we'll uh, call John in a minute. We gotta go over our, our things, Matt. Let's uh, do that. Because I know that you wanted to. Here's why Matt didn't come in today. Because mm-hmm. Matt knows I'm leaving tonight. And I'm gonna be gone. And Matt, a lot of times when I go away, he hugs me a little too long and he and he cries. He misses me. Yeah. Matt's a sensitive I guy. Yes. I, I, I miss you. So I'll be in next Monday. All right. But, um, let's go over our picks. Right, I did not do well. Hang on, we're not doing our thing. Yeah, we're doing right now. Let's do it. Let's party. I remember some of the picks I had. I had uh, Ortega's submission second round. <laughs> uh, no, I. Oh yeah, you did actually. Yeah, so you you got that right. I did. Yeah. Wait. No, did he really? No, no. He had oh. cut. He had cut by TKO in the third round. Uh, uh, all right. I had cut by TKO in the fourth, there. and you, Matt, uh, had Brian Ortega. Oh. Third round submission, so you get two points yeah. for that because it was the second round. Well done. Thank you. Thank you very much. But I mean, that's kind of, you know, jujitsu guy picks a jujitsu guy. I mean, come on, that's not fair. Yeah. Shouldn't be allowed to do that. Right. No, I did it. But listen, uh, what, <laughs> you guys can hear me okay, right? Yep. Now yeah, I, I'm in the basement of my school. I know the Aljo uh, fight I got wrong. I picked Aljo. Did I pick him in a decision? Yeah, you had Aljo winning a decision. I had Aljo uh, third round submission, which I felt good about that pick. I thought that was going to be a good yeah. one. Um, right. So obviously we were both uh, incorrect about that. And Matt, you Took substituted. Yeah, you you picked Liz Carmouche 
by second round submission, okay, I know. and she lost. <laughs> so right. we had I a terrible. Uh, yeah. Okay. That fight was a. I a guess wash. I just can't pick them. But anyway. Well, no, no one got that. No one got. I didn't. No one got Aljo's fight, and you didn't get Liz Carmouche. Right. Now, what about the? Uh, let, let's go with the uh, the co-main uh, Benitez Knight. Yeah, we all had Jason Knight by second round TKO, and we were now, all wait wrong. Wait a second. Let me ask you something, guys. Yeah. Do I get any extra credit for getting? See, I got the round off with Ortega, yeah. but I did get a submission. Yeah, I, I did two points. Uh, you get you two. Know. Here's the final score, Matt: two to zero to zero. <laughs> That's right. We all sucked. So, so I'm the winner by two. Yes, this if week. You, this week you did it. Please, I don't care by two. It could be by one. Motherfucker, I'm the winner. <laughs> I'm the, listen, I'm not Brian Ortega. I don't got to be humble. I'm the winner. I did it. I'm like the guy, I'm like the boss at the end of, uh, in, the, in that part of um, Mr. Mom, when he won that little obstacle course. And he, <laughs> I did it. I did it. That's you. Right. Well, listen, so our December total so far, now this is two you events we've picked. Jim is still in the lead. You. Wait. You fucking <laughs> I'm a bad winner. I'm a Michael Bisping in this game. I'm a fucking horrible winner. I'm, I'm going to treat you guys like Luke, Luke Rockhold after Bisping got a title. Fuck you guys. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I get too excited. Jim but, is still in the lead, by the way, for December. He's got nine points. And now me and you are tied, Matt, with five for December. So, you know, it's a close race. Can you stop living in the fucking past? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this game. Well, last game, Jimmy's still in the... No! We're talking... Listen, you had a shutout this week, so you did great. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, guys. Thank you to Brian Ortega for helping me win that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's it. All right. I don't know. I might throw the mic down. I'm pretty happy. Well I'm done. Listen, guys, I'm sorry. I'm being a poor winner. That's all right. You won't have many opportunities to do it, so we'll let you do it when you do it. Oh, oh I like shit. that. Yeah, yeah. Come back at me. <laughs> I miss, Jimmy, I miss you, Jimmy. These damn terrorists. I know you said I could have got there, but my wife was watching the news. And she was like, you didn't go in there. And then my little kid goes, yeah, you got the train. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I now, what if I went there and something happened? I'd feel bad. Yeah, no, of course. We're happy yeah. that, uh, thank God you're alive. Uh, that's the first thing I thought thank of this you. morning. I hope Matt's good. And I'm glad you are. Um, <laughs> I'll talk to you in a few days, buddy. Dude, miss you. Yes, I miss All you. Right? All right, All right, Chris, we'll, uh, we'll find out what's going up on the next show. And uh, say hello to John Anik. Yeah, we will. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I'll talk to you tomorrow, and then I'll see you on Wednesday, buddy. Yeah. All right, later, homie. Bye, guys. All right, Thanks take care, pal. Me. Good talking to you, Matt. I love Matt. How does anybody not like Matt Sarah? I get yeah. I get nothing but positive comments about Matt when I'm on the road. People, yeah, you and Matt fucking love Matt. Everyone likes Matt. Oh, of course. He's yeah. just a relatable guy. Yes, he is. He's great. This is Jim Miller, and Origins is back. Recently, I gave you a behind-the-curtain look into the groundbreaking comedy Curb Your Enthusiasm. Now, it's time to take you on another ride, one that's nearly 40 years in the making. Dropping December 18th, Origins with James Andrew Miller, Chapter 2, a deep exploration into the world of ESPN. In five different episodes, we will reveal previously unheard and unpredictable moments, pivotal junctures, and strokes of luck, good and bad, that turned ESPN from a ramshackle couple of buildings into one of the greatest media success stories of all time. You'll hear from all the key players, in front of the camera and behind. Look for Origins with James Andrew Miller on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you download your programs.
Okay, we got John Anik. What's up, buddy? Hey, buddy. It's Jim Norton. Matt Sarah did not make it in today because, you know, the uh, there was that idiotic pipe bomber who fucking went off on his shirt, and uh, Matt heard that, and, and he panicked and did not come into the city. I heard the news, actually. I was scheduled to have him on my show, and speaking of which, I would love to, uh, to book you at some point, but I just heard from him, and he is blown and out of his mind as usual, so... Yeah, I don't know why he can't, uh, why he's unable to attend today. I pointed out different stations he could have come into, but Matt, I just think wanted to avoid the risk anyway. So, uh, so you were not, uh, I did, you were not in Fresno this week. Now, when they, how does it work? They ask you to do certain ones and not other ones. How do you know where you're going to be broadcasting? So, I am actually a full time UFC employee, which is rare. Certainly, our analysts are, are not that way. So, I, it's their discretion. I think it's based upon a total number of days. They, generally speaking, they try to avoid three consecutive weeks. I just came off a stretch in which I did four shows in five weeks. But it's a different animal than the NFL, right? Like, every time I'm complaining to my wife, I'm thinking, man, these NFL guys do 17 straight Sundays, sure. but they're not going to Shanghai, and right. they're not learning 26 fighters. It's just a different beast. So, thankful to have uh, have Fresno off and getting ready for uh, Winnipeg this weekend. Because I know Bruce Buffer I talked to one time, and he, and he said like when they started sending... Joe Martinez does a pretty good job. I like Joe. He's not trying to be Bruce Buffer, which I think is great. You should be you and let Bruce be... Right. Uh, but Bruce was like, yeah, I thought at first I was like, well, what, what, guys, what did I do? Like he, I love Bruce cause he's a panicky Pete. He was a little worried that uh, all of a sudden he had fallen out of favor. So you don't worry about that. Well, it's, you know, when I say I'm only as good as my last show or that I treat it like, you know, they can fire me without cause at any time. And that is not your usual broadcasting contract. And I, I take the language seriously. Um, I don't expect it. But I have to treat every show as if there's somebody chasing me down, whether it's Brendan Fitzgerald, who made his debut this weekend, or anybody else. Um, but I, I feel like if, if, if Dana Sowers on me, you know, I guess there would be other avenues. I hope that doesn't happen. But I really do try to treat every show um, as if it's UFC 217 at Madison Square Garden, and that's gotten me in about 120 shows so far. <laughs> well, you're, very, you're a really great announcer, dude. And, and, you know, your profile has risen recently just because – you know, again, Brian Stan uh, unexpectedly left, and uh, the guys that and, and Rogan seems to be doing less and less. I mean, his life is—he's just got a full career, and he's running around doing a bunch of other stuff. And his own podcast is a monster. And then uh, you know, Cormier fights and Dominic Cruz fights. So you're fast becoming uh, one of the biggest name announcers they have. Well, it's interesting, right? Because sometimes I'll look at a Twitter following for a certain fighter, and I'm like, man, sixteen thousand Twitter followers. Like, well, how do we better promote? this fighter and i think for a lot of us announcers there's there's some residue to being part of half of these shows right if i call 25 shows even if i don't have as visible a profile because i'm not emceeing away and or doing the post-fight interviews you're a part of these shows and fight weeks and q a's and so yeah i mean it's valuable to the brand i just i really do love the sport and working alongside joe rogan more you know it doesn't feel it, it can it feels bigger when joe is there and that's just a reality of the situation so it's very exciting for me to be able to work with him and to have a fighter alongside him and what is still a relatively new dynamic. Um, you know, I really don't take it for granted, man, because I know this could be anybody's seat and uh, I'm very thankful to have it right now. And, uh, hopefully I'll have it into 2018 and beyond. You know, let me ask you too, when you're doing something with Joe, cause I, you know, I, I you know, Joe is a, a very, very honest to a fault guy. And, you know, he uh -huh. just, he just says what he wants. And if you're like, whenever I've talked MMA with him, he's always been very gracious, but I'm always worried like, you know, cause he's such an expert on every 
facet of it and he has an encyclopedic knowledge of it so are you ever worried you're going to say something and he's sitting there no 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 the total opposite is true like I would just panic if I had to broadcast I, like I could chat with him but I'd be panicked if I was broadcasting that I'd say something like man Cormier has got a good chat well no no, no Cormier doesn't have a good chat and he'd be like oh fuck <laughs> like do you ever panic that you're going to say something that he's totally the opposite of what he's going to say you know it's a good question I think maybe earlier on in my career I would think man what if I just totally am, am not on on board with what's actually going on and I'm not even a lifelong martial artist to begin with so as I said to you I try to stay in my lane as much as possible and not take as many of those chances and, and that's I guess for better or for worse but you know Dominic Cruz one of my best friends in the world but super condescending guy right just with yes. his tone so he'll, he'll tell you exactly the way it is you know first time he met me he's like dude just go watch some college wrestling and get out of my face for a couple hours you know what I mean so he'll tell it like it is and even on this last show i think i called out a flying knee sort of high amplitude and rogan was like yeah but it didn't land you know and it's like oh shit you know but that's going to happen i think sure. and it's going to happen at least once a show and uh you just try to minimize minimize those occurrences but the other thing too man is that we all are seeing different things and and calling strikes is is an inexact science right i gotta yeah. think there are fighters who watch these things back and think man they're calling these strikes they're not even landing yeah, it is kind of hard in the moment because you don't have the benefit of the replay as the live show is happening. Have you screwed up like where you go like, oh, no, and then you watch it back? Like, I'm sure Herb Dean will watch that one fight uh, where he thought that the, I forget the fighter who he thought was out who was actually going for the leg. Have you watched back? and went, oh, I, I fucked that one up. I blew it. Well, like Diego Sanchez and Matt Brown recently, Diego thought that that shrunk <clears throat> was to the back of the head and expressed as much to me privately as if we should have said something on the broadcast. So I'll go back and look at that and give Diego the benefit of the doubt. I did post on Twitter that in retrospect, I wish we had brought it up on the broadcast and then was greeted with an avalanche of tweets saying it was a legal strike. Diego sort of moved his way into it. So I guess we felt sort of validated in the fact that we didn't play it up too big, but we're always trying to guys, man. And, you know, there was recently a fight for Lee Harris and Courtney Casey, and, you know, Courtney thought it was absurd that she would have lost the fight, and then you got to talk to these fighters afterwards, and I thought, at least one, two rounds. It's just a difficult thing, and, and it just, I guess, comes with the territory, but I will never not stay in the host hotel and be around these athletes. I think there's too much value for me as the play-by-play -play guy and being there to not do that, but it's hard, man. You know, it's hard when, when you're forced to be critical in the job that you're paid to do. Especially with guys you like, you know, like we were talking before they announced um, Miocic uh, Nganu, which is just a fight that everybody wants to see. Which, again, I've said it a hundred times and I'll keep yapping. The UFC gives you the fights you want. That's why boxing annoyed the shit out of yeah. me in the UFC. You wanted this fight. Okay, no fucking 10 promoters, no nonsense. Yep, it's happening in Boston in January. <laughs> Beautiful. Now, are you, are you there? Because you're a Boston guy. Are you going to, the, to that fight? And Cormier uh, uh, Uzdemir, yes. which is the main event? Is the heavyweight championship the main or is Cormier the main? Yes, Francis Ngannou. Francis Ngannou and Stipe will, uh, will be the main event. Usually size matters when it comes to who headlines. I think there was a rare occurrence recently where the featherweights uh, got to main event uh, over some bigger guys. But I've, I've been excited to hear your take on Ngannou, quite frankly, because I know how much hot air you guys have, have spent on him, and rightfully so. Um, he is the future, you know, and uh, it, it's a huge fight. And I just love that, you know, selfishly that my boss uh, is from my hometown. So he just always stacks the deck at TD Garden. You know, it's it's very true. I mean, I didn't realize they were both on the same card. And in Ghana, you know, it's like it's fun to the beauty about the thing about Ghana is before he fights, you can just take 10 minutes and watch his prior six UFC fights. That's if you want, <laughs> you know, if you got 10 minutes to kill, you can watch all of Francis's work. 
But the thing I've said about this before, and I, but I said this to Overeem when he was in, like Ngannou, as much as he hits like a tank, he never fought anybody with as many weapons as Overeem. And again, it didn't matter because he, you know, that uppercut just would have killed anybody. But he's never fought anybody, I think, who boxes as well as Stipe Miocic. He's never fought anybody who hits as hard or as accurately as Stipe Miocic. So Miocic is definitely, uh, where I think Ngannou will be favored, is absolutely not counted out. Um, but it's kind of hard who to pick because I like Stipe so much. But I love Ngannou's story too, and I love the fact that he's just this rising star. Yeah, well, I thought it was the lock of the century, though, that Ngannou would open as the betting favorite. I, I'm not even sure that it's necessarily deserved. I certainly can't find many knockouts that I think were greater than the one he just turned in, to your point, against the number one guy in the world. I mean, it's frightening, right? I mean, Rogan says he's literally the scariest fighter he's ever seen in that octagon. And for me, the... the the scariest guy or the, the one punch, one strike power threat had always been Anthony Rumble Johnson. Right. And the night in Ghana knocked out over him, that torch was passed as far as I'm concerned. Stipe is a totally different beast. He's been in training camp and he is primed, right? Yeah. Like, this is not a prime Francis Ngannou in a perfect world for Stipe. He might have fought this guy a year ago. Ngannou is going to be even more of a problem in a year. So I think for Stipe, there's something to be said for abbreviated training camp for Ngannou, right? Not unlike Tyron Woodley sort of skillfully maneuvered for Damian Maia this summer, right? If you're Stipe, let's turn this motherfucker around quickly and, and get this fight on the table. And uh, I think that that gives a little bit of an advantage to Stipe, uh, just the fact that Francis isn't going to have, you know, six or eight weeks. And Rumble's, Rumble's thing, you're right, was so devastating and so frightening. That one-punch knockout power... Uh, but Cormier took a little bit of that mystique away when the first fight they had where he took some of those shots. And Cormier, I mean, again, it took Jones's leg to put him down. Cormier just has a, a head of concrete. I mean, he's got one of the best chins in MMA. And the fact that he took a few of those shots showed you that Rumble hits really hard. It gave like a lot of testament to how great Cormier's chin is. But then you're like, all right, well, somebody can take Rumble's punch. As of yet, we have not seen anyone take uh, really, really uh, a few Ngannou shots. You know, I think I keep mentioning Curtis Blades, and I think a couple of those guys have taken some some punches, but I don't know if anybody has taken three or right. four of his shots or, or a combination. But again, he hasn't fought You're anybody right, who moves as well as Stipe or who boxes as well as Stipe either. Right, and maybe the difference between a Rumble Johnson and a Francis Ngannou, I say it with all due respect to Rumble, but it's the mean streak, right? Like, Francis is mean. He's like, I was homeless five and a half, six years ago, and Overeem's unconscious on the canvas, and I'm going to get one more in. Yep. And I, that, that helps you. But you, right? Like, you know as well as anyone, that, uh, you know, sort of just not giving a shit mentality, right? Like, in there to kill, like Platinum Mike Perry, like that, I think that helps you. I'm not wired that way. I wish as an athlete sometimes I had I didn't like that he did that. Um, like, you know, when you look at... Uh, I, no, I'm, yeah. Oh, no, go ahead, buddy. Sorry. I'm not defending. I'm yeah. not defending necessarily. Sure. And I thought it was super late, but I, I like the mean streak and I like the nastiness. Yeah, it was... I, I want to say it was the uh, 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 Marlon Moraes against uh, uh, Aljamain. When he dropped, you know what I mean? He just stepped away. He knew. And who was it that we took... We, I keep forgetting who it was that pulled back. Was it um, Rafael Sunsau who recently yes, pulled back? Yes, you got yes. it. And, and, and I kind of like when they do that. Um, it's like, come on, Francis. Like, as great as he is, you don't. You're a, you. You hit harder than anybody in the UFC. What are you going to do? Hit the guy in the neck while he's unconscious? But I know it's a moment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, fighters all say, "Look, in that moment, it's hard to say because you're just you're in battle mode." I kind of get that too. Uh, but I like him a well, lot. I just give him, in, in case you you find, see him down the line. Here's one more for good measure. That's know? true. I mean, uh, and then then their whole thing is they have to avenge that loss. It was like. Uh, when uh, Dan Henderson, you know, he put that thing on Bisping and then threw that final putt. That's probably the worst I've ever seen was that Bisping on the ground. 
Henderson jumping yep. on him. So that's a tremendous card. Also, Whitaker Luke Rockhold was just announced uh, for Australia after GSP did the right thing and kind of walked away, which everyone respects him for. He's not holding up the division. Uh, interesting fight. What do you think of Whitaker versus Rockhold? Well, I love the fact that because the GSP Bisping fight went down the way it did, that that this belt is going to be undisputed and defended about three months after Madison Square Garden. So that's very exciting for me. I got to go all the way to Perth from Miami, so you can be sure it's exciting that we're getting a fight of of this magnitude. Sure. And I, I think it's very interesting. You know, Robert Whitaker, the betting favorite uh, to open against Luke Rockhold. I think a lot of people think that that Whitaker, with his speed, is going to be able to test that chin of Rockhold. That Maybe broke against David Branch. It certainly broke against Michael Bisping, but a lot of different elements to this fight, obviously. You know, Whitaker's grappling is underrated, and I think prevailing wisdom is that Rockhold's going to have a decided advantage on the canvas, submission-wise, and I think that's true, but rest assured, even if it's not against the greatest competition in the world, Whitaker is an active grappler, competes in jiu-jitsu tournaments all the time. I don't know how he's belted, but I don't think he's at as much of a disadvantage on the mat as some others, so... I think it's going to be a five-tool type of fight, and uh, they got 25 minutes to uh, to prove who's better. I can't wait to see it. And, you know, it's funny, like a, a Cub-Ortega fight, you know, I, I kind of said, because, you know, Ortega was so, you know, everyone talks about his jiu-jitsu, but Cub's a black belt in jiu-jitsu and judo. And I'm like, I bet you that his, I think we interviewed him and said like, his ground game was going to be uh, a little underrated, and maybe Ortega would take him lightly. But when you saw what Ortega did, it was like, Jesus. I mean, that was just, you know, they're just it, it's just a different level. Yeah, you know, we were saying earlier today, I don't know if there are 50 or 100 Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belts on the UFC roster, but they are all to varying degrees. And when it comes to the MMA application of all these different submissions and adjustments, um, there's just a few guys that are on Ortega's level. You know, I, I think Kenny Florian would put him top 10 uh, in any division in terms of submission application and yeah, Cub's no slouch, man. And, and even Cub understands that there are levels to this. And few guys are going to be on Ortega's level. And he, he also has a frame that maybe can match Max Holloway a little bit at 145 pounds. I'm not rushing him to the altar. I don't think he's necessarily ready for that fight right now. But one more for Ortega, potentially against Lamas, if he wins this weekend. Uh, I'd be very interested in, in Holloway and Ortega. Yeah, he's fighting. Uh, yeah, and I think Matt, Matt called in and we talked about it. And he stepped, he kind of gave respect and said, that, hey, Frankie is, is next and I might need one more fight. Lamas is fighting Josh uh, Emmett. That's the co-main on this. Uh, this Fox main card is really good. I mean, obviously, Lawler, uh, Rafael uh, Dos Anjos is a great fighter, uh, a great fight at welterweight because Dos Anjos has looked great at, at welterweight. Oh, awesome. And I think people are just excited to see how far he can take it at this weight, so much so that, if you recall, he was on standby if Damian Maia couldn't make the walk to fight Tyron Woodley at UFC 214 this summer. So it tells you promotionally how highly they think of him, that he would have been the next in line when maybe there were others that might have had a more obvious case. So I'm excited to see what he can do here. I really am. You know, Lawler, I think, was wise to take a year off mm -hmm. after that Tyron Woodley fight and came back, fought a hard 15 minutes with Donald Cerrone, but I think it was good for Lawler that that wasn't a main event uh, and there weren't 10 more minutes. So I'm excited. You know, Vegas can't pick a winner. It's a pick and fight right now. You know, I'm closely monitoring that. So I think Dos Anjos can be a champion in two divisions. I really can uh, see that. I thought the Safadine win showed you something over 15, and that to take out Neil Magny the way he did, not everybody's been doing that. So he also has the experience of, you know, what five rounds, even though he lost to Tony Ferguson five rounds at altitude, and the last thing that Dos Anjos is ever looking for is a way out. So if Lawler hits him hard, you know, he's, he's your consummate bite down on the mouthpiece type of fighter. So, um, yeah, 
huge, huge title eliminator, obviously, this weekend. And, 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 and in another example of the UFC just giving you fights you want to see. Yes. Ponzinibbio yep. against Mike Perry. That's, that could be the fight I'm looking forward to most on that card. Yeah, I mean, if I had to go buy a fight kit, I'd probably go buy the Platinum Mike Perry fight kit. You know, I mean, he's just, you know, what else can you say? I mean, I just am so drawn to him. And that's the thing, too, right? If your fans are drawn to certain guys, I mean, i got to call his fight. Um, but I'm very much curious to see what he can do. And now fighting a guy in Ponzinibbio who is about as UFC-tested as it gets, won a main event against Gunnar Nelson. He's won five in a row. He's in the top ten. And he has sort of developed the right way. He had a nasty, nasty arm injury. He did Ponzinibbio back in the day on, I think, season two of the Ultimate Fighter in Brazil. He was the best fighter on that show, couldn't complete the job. And it's taken him sort of a, a few years and a methodical-type climb to get to this point. But he's got every skill in the book. I think he's the more technical guy. But, dude, you've got to be careful anywhere near that pocket with uh, with Platinum Mike Perry. So, yeah, big fight uh, among many big fights on Fox this weekend. And final question for you, because I don't know. How, I, I have faith in your pronunciation. Stipe Miocic, uh, you say Miocic. So, now, have you gotten confirmation that that's right? Because, uh, Or am I saying it correctly? So, I will send you the audio file and, you know, pronunciation of the week and play these audio files, um, whether it's Yolani Jacek or whatever. So I will send you the Stipe Miocic file, but we have a Croatian guy on our crew who has seen Stipe go from Miocic to Miocic to Miocic in the UFC. So long story short, this is one that we've been battling for a while and will continue to battle, but the Croatian pronunciation, the way he says it on tape for us is Miocic with the emphasis on, on the first syllable. Okay, so, so Stipe says Norton it that way. The audio, yeah, he says Stipe Miocic. Well, that's so that basically, I came from ESPN. We had a pronunciation guide for every single sport. I come to UFC, we didn't have much in place. Now we have every single fighter, every single fighter, say their name to tape to prevent, you know, any room for interpretation, we hoped. But it's still inexact. You know, we have... British announcers, God love them, but they just pronounce words in a different way. Sure. It is say Miocic, not Miocic. Okay, Miocic. I had a feeling you were correct, uh, you know, and and, uh, and that I was incorrect. So I will now uh, adjust it to Miocic. All right, John, you're a great announcer. I, I enjoy you on the show a lot, man. And uh, anytime you want to come on, we'd love to have you. Oh, I appreciate it, man. It's a pleasure to talk this sport with you. Thank you for uh, for having me. Okay, buddy. I enjoy enjoy this Saturday, and uh, we'll see you soon. All right, buddy. Have a good weekend. Thanks. All right, take care, John. Wow, Miocic. All right, there you go. I, I we said it the other day, and I was like, if anybody's going to know, it is going to be John Anik. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, this was a uh, this was uh, thank you, Matt, for calling in. I think we covered everything. We covered our picks. Oh yeah. Graceful. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, you know what? Something we could talk about because you're not even going to be here um, the next episode. Mark Hunt has officially uh, been cleared. yes, he cleared by the UFC yeah. to, or the doctors to fight. I mean, is Hunt still pissed off, or now that he's back in the heavyweight hunt, who, who does he fight in the heavyweight in the heavyweight uh, hunt? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure he is probably a little pissed off still, but it, but you know what? At least he did get checked Clear. out by a number of different doctors, the best doctors he's going to go to. So you know that that's great news. So. Yeah, say Mark, you can't say that stuff and not expect him to do anything. Right. All right, so uh, you know, check out this Saturday, a tremendous night on Fox, Lola Dos Anjos, and oh, he said Dos Anjos, so now I got to say Dos Anjos. Dos when Anjos. the fuck did that J? In Latin names confuses the shit out of me. Dos yeah. años, dos años. I just don't know. Uh, Robbie Lola, dos años, dos años. Uh, Rafael Robbie. Yep. They're, they're the main event. 
Uh, Josh against Ricardo Lamas, and of course Santiago Ponzinibbio against Mike Perry is the third fight. Glover Teixeira against Misha uh, Kirkunov. Serkunov. Ah, Serkunov is the uh, is the light heavyweight opener to the uh, main card. Yeah, and don't sleep on that one. That's no, gonna be a great, that's going to be a great, great fight. Side, but yeah. all I, all I'm thinking of is Ponzinibbio, Mike Perry. Absolutely. All right, listen, I'll be gone. And uh, Matt, thank you. John Anik, thank you. Of course, Chris, the producer, great job. Thanks, man. And, you uh, too. Brush your fingers and make it home. Oh, you'll make it. This episode is brought to you by Paycor, the HR and payroll software made for leaders. It's never been harder to recruit, hire, and engage workers. That's why HR leaders and frontline managers depend on Paycor for all things people management, from onboarding and performance reviews to compensation and benefits. Learn more at paycor.com leaders. That's P-A-Y-C-O-R dot slash leaders. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow.